Welcome to Meaningful Journeys, a podcast about pilgrimage. I'm Dr. Heather Warfield, and I am passionate about connecting humanity through our shared quests for meaning. In this podcast, I'll be talking with pilgrims and pilgrimage scholars. I will have conversations with people impacted by both ancient and contemporary pilgrimage journeys, and we will also hear from people who live at these sacred sites. This program is supported in part by Antioch University New England and the Meaningful Life Institute. I'm joined today uh, by Jennifer Trainer Thompson, who is the director of Hancock Shaker Village in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. And I'm very excited to talk to you, Jennifer, particularly about the new immersive exhibition that you have going that's called Climbing the Holy Hill, with uh, sort of echoes, I guess, to 19th century pilgrimages that were taken by the Shaker community to Shaker Mountain. And very interesting. I did not know that the Shaker community was taking or going on pilgrimages in the 19th century. So I, I'm looking forward to talking to you about that. And I think it would be helpful for our listeners to have a brief overview about who the Shakers were or are. I think there's still a small community in Maine. If you could give us a, a bit of a history about who the people were and why they formed this particular community in the United States, that would be fantastic. Sure. So um, in the 1700s, uh, there was a group of Quakers who were quite ecstatic in their worship in northern England. And they would they were they were essentially Pentecostal and um, people derisively referred to them as shaking Quakers. And then they were called shakers and they were really developing a new religion. And the shakers and the Quakers share many um, tenets, uh, you know, they both believe in racial and gender equality. They're both pacifists at heart, but the Shakers, uh, the Shakers developed into a celibate community that believed that, um, they tried to create heaven on earth and they believed that work was a form of worship. Their, their founder, the, the, the woman who in 1770 brought eight intrepid followers from Liverpool, England to New York. This is before the revolution. Her name was Anne Lee. And she believed uh, this phrase, hands to work and hearts to God. So work was a form of worship. You didn't just make something, you made it to your utmost perfection. And I think that's why today um, Shaker design is so enduring and keeps being referred to by, by contemporary artists and designers and, and makers. Um, so she was, she was quite charismatic and by, uh, 1790, she had established three villages, one, two in upstate New York and one where we are. So Hancock Shaker village basically began in 1790 and it evolved into, uh, a village with, you know, several dozen buildings, um, 300 people who lived here, they, they saw themselves as apart from the world. They referred to those who weren't Shakers as people of the world. And they were essentially a commune. They, you know, they, um, they were dairy farmers and they worked really hard to create what they called their city of peace here. And in 1842, um, 
there, by 1842, there were 19 Shaker villages from Maine to Florida, all the way to Kentucky. And the suggestion came down that each of them clear the nearest mountaintop. And they thought that if they worshiped on the mountaintop, they'd be closer to God. So twice a year, they would make this pilgrimage on the same day in May and September. And ours was two miles away. And it's to this day, there's a meadow that they cleared on top of the mountain. And these were quite ecstatic worship services. They would, people who uh, attended these mountain meetings, as they were called, said that they were some of the most inspiring things to behold. And they would sing on the way up and they would sing when they made it to the top. And so this new exhibit, Climbing the Holy Hill, is really a tribute to those pilgrimages up to the mountaintop. And what is involved in, in this? Do you have the actual uh, songs? Do you know the songs that were, and is that part of the current pilgrimage? Is the singing of the songs that were historically sung on these pilgrimages? Yeah, the Shakers were assiduous record keepers. We're very lucky for that. And in their journals, they talked about, oh, they talked about pausing in the Walnut Grove where the angels would greet them and give them staffs to lead the way. Um, they talked about the songs that they sang on their way up. And they talked about the songs that they would sing as part of the service at the top. And Simple Gifts which is probably the most famous of all Shaker songs, you know, the Shakers wrote over 10,000 songs, um, was one of the songs that they would sing on top. And so uh, I invited three artists to be part of this exhibit. One was Allison Smith. One was Our Native Daughters, which is a collective of, of female uh, women performers, Allison Russell, Rhiannon Giddens, um, et cetera. And one was Brad Wells, who's the founder of a musical vocal ensemble called Roomful of Teeth. And so Brad went to the archives at Williams College, which has a great Shaker collection and our archives at Hancock Shaker Village. And he researched the songs that they sang and he created a new composition, which is, is hauntingly beautiful. And it's, it's Roomful of Teeth singing these songs, but he also recorded the sounds like you pass this really rushing stream. It records that he recorded fragments from the journals um, of what they were recording as they ascended the Shaker Trail. Um, and what's so amazing about this show is that we worked with an, an app called Echoes, which is is GPS driven and location specific. So I can't hear the song if I'm down in the historic village. I can only hear a song when I'm on the trail. And I can only hear that song when I'm at the point of the trail that Brad Wells wanted me to hear it. So it's as though you have angels in your ears that know what you're seeing as you're hearing this beautiful music. Did the so did the Shakers themselves in their journals talk about the th this being a pilgrimage? They, or did they, they did. They did. They uh they called them mountain meetings, and they believed that songs were gifts that were received. You know, simple gifts, um, and they were received from uh, 
Anne Lee, the founder. They were received from God. They were received from deceased relatives. They may have been received from deceased people in history. And they, they, they have, they had a, um, they created a series of drawings, which they called gift drawings in the early 1800s. And then these songs, which they called gift songs. So what happens on, um, if, if I were to come over and, and go on this pilgrimage, um, as somebody who is unfamiliar with both sh the Shaker community and the songs, what might I experience while I go from, um, I think you talked about the meadow to the, to the top of the mountain and then back, what happens? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of signage so that it's really clear um, and it's not hard at all. And you, you download this app and you download the soundtrack. And the first thing you'll come across is actually a sculpture. And it's a shaker cabinet made by one of our woodworkers and it's nailed to a tree. And it looks quite odd. You know, it's this, you, you, you're in the forest and you come across a shaker cabinet and you open up the cabinet and inside there's text that explains that it's a gift drawing. So these, these gift drawings that the Shakers received in the 1840s and 50s, they were quite ornate and very unlike what you would expect of Shakers. They were, they were dreamy ruminations, very, very whimsical. That you've seen the drawing, the Tree of Life, which is quite famous. That is a gift drawing that's in our collection. The original is in our collection. So Allison Smith is a um, an artist in San Francisco a non-binary artist in San Francisco who has been long intrigued by gift drawings and also by the idea of we carry traumas through generations of ancestors that we go back four to six generations. And they're also intrigued by the fact that we are all on this journey these last 18 months through the pandemic, which none of us ever could have imagined going on this journey. So they thought about the fact that this is a lone journey up the mountain and they were, they were intrigued by gift drawings. They're also intrigued by the idea of a map, like an old fashioned, you know, Rand McNally that you, you actually fold out and carry with you. So when you come to the shaker cabinet on a tree in the woods um, inside, is a gift drawing by Allison Smith. And it's this beautiful drawing that's their journey through the pandemic with references to various historical references, family references, emotional references, little whimsical drawings. And we went to a hand letter press in Northampton and had 1600 copies made. So the first 1600 people will be lucky enough to get this drawing. And they wanted the, the visitor to take it with them. And at the bottom of the box is a drawer and the, the shakers were the first to package seeds. And we're the oldest working farm in Western Massachusetts. And we use the seed varieties that we've inherited from the shakers. So in that box are shaker seeds. And Allison Smith wants people, there's a little spoon and wants people to take out a few and either take them home, plant them in your garden or cast them as they said, almost like spells or dreams along your journey as you ascend the shaker trail. So the next stop 
you 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 keep walking the signs tell you where to go you go by this uh roaring stream you go by by ruins of shaker a shaker mill a shaker dam a shaker buildings that that were uh part of the community at their height and now are deep in the forest um and then you get to another sign and it tells you that there you can begin the musical portion and the first song is by allison russell and she's part of our native daughters and she recorded pretty home and um before the civil war a uh a, a master and mistress and their slave decided to join the shakers in kentucky and the the slave was a child she was only five years old and they stayed with the Shakers for about 10 years and then they decided to leave. And the Shakers bought this young girl's freedom and she continued to live with the Shakers. And she wrote this, home, this song called Pretty Home. And it's pre-Civil War by a free Black woman. And she saw it as a gift song. And it's about, well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's a, it's about coming home, emotional home, physical home, your journey home. And as Alison Russell said, it just gave her chills to think that this was a free black woman before the civil war, uh, a shaker woman writing about freedom. And then you continue on your journey and you will hear more by our native daughters. You'll hear the songs by Roomful of Teeth. You'll hear snippets of the journals of what the shakers said as they climbed. And then when you get to the top of the mountain, the meadow, it, it opens up onto a meadow that the Shakers cleared and, and we clear to this day. And there's a, in the 1960s, the Boy Scouts rediscovered this trail. And there's a Boy Scout sign as you're about to enter the meadow. And it said, this is a sacred place. Please be respectful. And when you get to the meadow and all the music's over and you've had this 48 minute journey, it really does feel that way. Were the mountains always sacred? Uh, I mean, for, for the Shaker community, regardless of location, was that something that was sort of inherent in the spirituality is that there were these holy mountains or is that something that's unique to Hancock Shaker Village? It, it, in 1842, all 19 villages throughout the United States were instructed to create a holy place on the nearest mountaintop, and they named them. They named ours Mount Sinai, and others one, other ones had different um, meanings. The, the mountains themselves were not sacred that I know of to the Shakers like they might be in other, in other groups. Um, but the Shakers were very practical. So for example, our village in the Berkshires, the, you know, the, 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 the spine of the Appalachian Mountains runs through the Berkshires from Connecticut up to Vermont and Maine. And the Shakers, the historic village is settled on 15 acres of very flat land surrounded by mountains. And, you know, there's the, significant snow melt. And so they channeled a stream from the mountain that you actually walk along. They created a reservoir. They created an underground aqueduct system as early as 1810. And that water was the water source for the village. And to this day, 
that water feeds our animals and our crops. So mountains were a very practical component. You know, they had a 40 acre um, maple grove. They, you know, they, they tapped their trees and, and, and obviously they designed wooden furniture. So they, they also cleared forest land. Did you or the 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 other person that you mentioned, uh, uh, Brad? I think you said um, happened to find in the archives why this community named this mountain Mount Sinai. That's a really good question. I I no, we did not. I don't know. It would be interesting uh, just to to learn about the connection and and to the kind of the what what that meant for the community. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'd like to, to go back and hear a bit about how you, what prompted, first of all, this idea for this exhibit. And if you have any background in pilgrimages yourself, or if the other uh, members of the artistic team have, have background in pilgrimages, especially since pilgrimage itself wasn't necessarily mentioned by the Shakers, even though this these journeys are pilgrimages. I'm curious how this whole exhibit developed around a pilgrimage theme. Oh, that that's interesting. Um, our property is 750 acres, and a lot of it is uh, farmland, but we also have a significant amount of forest. And during the pandemic, uh, I and I think many of my colleagues at other museums and and cultural sites thought about how we might activate more of the property. Um, I'm a big hiker myself, so I've always loved it. But we, so we, um, we opened up a piece of the property. There were some uh, archeological ruins south of the historic village. So we opened those up in, in May to the public um, and created more hiking trails. This particular trail I, I had known about, and um, most of the land is now part of Pittsfield State Forest. The Shakers originally owned about 2,000 acres here, and now, as I said, we own 750. So um, a one of my trustees, who is very interested in outdoor recreation, she basically challenged me and she said, you know, I would love to do something on that Shaker Trail to get more people. And she didn't reference the mountaintop or the pilgrimages or anything. She said, I, I'd love to give people more of a reason to get out and hike. And that Shaker Trail is special. And so she said, would you be willing to curate and, you know, and create something? Uh, and I, I said, sure. I, uh, I wouldn't say that I've gone on pilgrimages, but I, I, uh, I really have always enjoyed reflective journeys. When I, when I got out of college, um, I graduated from Tufts University, and many of my peers were going on to graduate school, to business school, to law school, to work on Wall Street, and I went to Northern Maine and waitressed in a coffee shop, and hitched a ride on a boat and spent the next six months helping to deliver sailboats from Northern Maine to the Virgin Islands, small boats, 40 foot boats. Um, and, you know, I've, 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 uh, uh, my son, when he was in seventh grade and we decided to take a big trip, I 
I had suggested, you know, Paris or London or where you take your kids for their first big trip. And he made this very compelling argument to go to Machu Picchu because it was so important. And who knew Paris would all, will always have Paris, um, that he was concerned that Machu Picchu might close up someday. So that's always been an interest of mine. So when I thought about creating a show on the trail, I, I was just really bored with the idea of, of dotting it with sculptures along the way. And I also pragmatically, I thought, you know, Pittsfield State Forest, oh my gosh, if I put in a steel sculpture, you know, what kind of rigmarole am I gonna have to go through to get permission? They're really great people, but when you're dealing with the state, I just, I, it just felt like, it felt not so interesting to me. So I thought, well, if I'm not just gonna have a traditional sculpture show, what, what would I like to do there? And then I started reading about it. And I, I had always known it was Mount Sinai. I'd always known that they'd walked up there, but I didn't realize it was such an orchestrated event. And in the Berkshires, you do have something called Mountain Day. You know, I did not go to Williams College, but there's a tradition in Williamstown that there's a Mountain Day. And, you know, on a, a, this beautiful day in the fall, all the students are let out of class and they're all supposed to hike up Mount Greylock. So, I wanted to create, I started to read about it. And that's when I discovered that the entire village would go. They would bring the children and the elderly in carts. There's one journal entry that talks about them walking for abreast. So, you know, some points on the trail today, we were walking two abreast comfortably, but four abreast, that, that's a pretty broad path. It's, it's, and you can still tell that it's a cart path. So I started hiking this trail with more intent, thinking about, oh my goodness, 170 years ago, the Shakers were walking these same footsteps. And I became director of Hancock Shaker Village five years ago. And one of my, uh, you know, one of my um, goals has always been to to be a place for every for people who love living history museums and just love searing the period rooms, but also to be a place where people who may not know about the Shakers might find a point of entry. And whether it's through some sort of contemporary interpretation or some experiential um, uh, idea. And so this was, it, it, so then I, I just started thinking about sound and, um, I've known Brad Wells for a number of years. He did a sound art installation in our silo three years ago. I knew that he was very familiar with uh, the journals, the collection at Williams College. He's a professor at Williams College. So that's, you know, I first approached him and it went from there. And, and what was your collaboration like with Allison? Uh, how did it has Allison been part of of Hancock Shaker Village previously, or how did the two of you connect on this? Uh, Allison was actually I I I was I worked at Mass Smoker for twenty eight years, and Allison was part of a group show, a historic occasion. I don't know twelve years ago, but I didn't. I didn't know her then. Um, we, before the pandemic hit, we were thinking of doing a big design show and we had to scratch that 
with the pandemic, but she was one of the artists that we were considering for the design show. And I knew that she, excuse me, I knew that they were very interested in um, historical reenactment and not, you know, let's set up a civil war battlefield and have a day of it, but more um, uh, a, a different kind of historic reinterpretation. She has a show right now at the Fuller Art Museum in Brockton that's quite quite interesting. So I, I approached them and I told them of my conundrum. I said that I wanted to do the show, I'd committed to doing the show, but I didn't want it to be uh, you know, a sculpture here and a sculpture there and a sculpture here and a sculpture there. And they said, uh, so they, as is often the case in working with artists, uh, I suggested that they think about it and we could talk in a, you know, a couple of weeks. And they were the ones who came back with this beautiful idea of the gift drawing and um, making you know, a number of copies. And then we started talking further about how they would be disseminated. And um, I think Allison came up with the idea as well of, of really riffing on this traditional shaker cupboard. And then of course we have, we have woodworkers in our village giving demonstrations every day. So we have master crafts people here. And then the seeds uh, were also Allison's idea. And I thought that that was just a, a wonderful touch and reference. So part of my job is once a week, I tromp up there and make sure we have enough seeds and make sure we have uh, enough drawings. It's great. Well, I mean, these two components, or I, maybe three, there there may be more, but I'm just thinking of, I mean, there's something really significant, I think, about these seeds also in, in connecting pe people who are participating in this pilgrimage to the past, and then leaving a legacy in a very tangible way. And, and I think that's really powerful to be able to draw from this. I mean, it's uh, something that's, it's literally living uh, remnant from, from the past and then being able to preserve that for, for future generations, I think is, uh, I mean, it it's symbolically powerful. And I'm also struck by the fact that the incorporation of these, uh, the songs and the drawings, um, and this create, I mean, it's a creative pilgrimage of sorts, even outside of the actual path. Um, just just learning about the songs, hearing the songs. And then, I mean, this is fantastic. I've never heard of this Echoes app, but I already am thinking about ways to use it myself uh, yeah. to, 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 the, to link to a particular place and then hear this music that was, that was, um, sung as part of a worship um, experience, you know, a hundred and how, how, how 170 years ago forward, I think is also very powerful. And so I, I'm wondering, will you contain it to this, this exhibit? I mean, it seems like there could be so many more experiences that could come out of this for people, especially those of us uh, like myself who are, who are connecting to the Shaker community for the first time. I, I agree. And I, um, a couple of things. One is with the seeds. I, I, I agree that the idea of people getting heritage seeds from, you know, the oldest working farm in the region and being able to 
to put that in their own garden or, or cast it along the trail, I think is a very beautiful thing. And we've done it in the past in a limited way. We actually have a seed library where with the local library in Pittsfield, you can actually check out our seeds and take them. Um, it's also uh, a subtle historic reference because the Shakers, um, you know, they were, they were farmers, but they also were leaders in the medicinal herb. I don't know if I'd call it industry, but they, you know, for example, they provided the army with um, opium for pain relief during World War One from the poppies that they grew. And when the railroad came through the Berkshires, came through Pittsfield in the 18, I don't know, 1850s, I, 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 late 1800s, let's say, um, the Shakers, who were quite resourceful, they built a depot on the edge of their property here so that the seed packs could, could be dis distributed out into the world. So um, it's funny because the seed became sort of a complicated factor. And at one point, you know, Allison said, should we just leave it with the drawings? And we were like, no, 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 let's, we need to really make this happen because the seeds, I, I'm so glad you picked up on it because it's really true. Well, it would be fascinating for the exhibit to go, I mean, even the, you know, people posting on Instagram or other social media, you know, where they've planted the seeds, how they're growing and just connecting this visually across uh, geographic boundaries would be really fascinating. Um, yeah. You opened the exhibition with a group hike, and I'm wondering about your thoughts about how the group may have enhanced this experience, uh, or because you said that you're doing this also as an individual, how have you experienced this differently based on the group dynamic or doing it as a solo walker? Well, it, you know, it's funny because the first time I... Uh, the first time I walked it with headphones, I, I was walking it with Brad and his wife. And uh, it's such a solitary meditative experience that um, we were sort of each in our own zone with our dogs sort of swirling around us at our ankles. Um, the group hype was a totally different experience, but it was so exciting because it felt like somewhat what it must have felt like then it we, there were about 50 of us and we were all silent going up and what's amazing to me is that you you know you 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 know you can tell when you're getting to the top of a mountain like you can start to see light through the trees and the trees thin out and as you're starting to get to the top at that at one point room full of teeth one of the performers says something like you know, this journey is really arduous. We're almost there. It's a shaker reading. And we'd all sort of look at each other and, you know, you, you think you're the only one hearing it, but everybody's hearing it. And then at the top, um, two of the performers from Room Full of Teeth gave a very short performance. And there was a shaker scholar who came and he had tears in his eyes. And, uh, there, I, I left it totally to them what they wanted to perform. I knew, I, I, you know, I just asked them to sing Shaker songs, but they did a call and response where they would sing a phrase and then they'd ask the audience to sing the phrase and then they'd 
they'd divide us into half and they'd have half sing one phrase and half sing the other. And it was almost like a round. And then it, and it became very interactive and our different melodies were creating this more complicated piece. And when it was over, the Shaker Scholar looked at me and said, according to the journals, that's exactly what they would do. So that was sort of amazing. It was like that you had a dream song given from the, the previous communities, right? That was happening in the moment. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You've talked about, I mean, the 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 sites, what you're seeing along this pilgrimage, and certainly what you're hearing. Are there particular smells that you can recall about your experiences going up the mountain? No, not smells, but uh, you 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 walk along the um, this stream for quite a distance and the, the shakers dammed up the stream in different points so that they could control their water power. And you're very aware of the rushing water, very aware, much more so interestingly than when I didn't have headphones on. That's interesting. Um, and I think I said dream songs, I meant gift songs, right? Yeah, <laughs> the the yeah. shakers called them gift songs. You knew what I meant, but I just wanted to clarify that for people who are also listening. Um, so how can people learn more about this pilgrimage? Um, I'm, can you give us your website um, and any other details that people can check out? And will there be an opportunity in some way for people to do this virtually if they're not in, the low, in, in your area? The, um, our website is www.hancockshakervillage.org and there's information about climbing the holy hill and uh and the shaker pilgrimages um the show ends december 1st uh um and we haven't we haven't really decided um what its life might be beyond that um but certainly this this uh echoes app uh, opens up so many possibilities for, um, you know, curatorial interpretation. And I mean, we have so many, so many ruins in our woods of former Shaker buildings, because as the, as the community shrank, they would repurpose buildings. Um, they were, they were not sentimental about their buildings at all. Um, and so, there are so many stories. And, and actually that's one thing that was really important to me on this is that Hancock Shaker Village is 20 historic buildings. We have over 22,000 objects in our collection, but at the, and there are still three Shakers living in Sabbath Day Lake, Maine in a Shaker community. But when you visit this museum, at the end of the day, you're seeing their material culture, which is extraordinary, but you only can learn about their stories through reading or hearing. And this is a way for me to bring, bring the Hancock Shaker village, Hancock Shakers to life. Um, is there anything that has changed for you in your own uh, spiritual uh, awareness or spirituality, spiritual practices 
because of your affiliation with Hancock Shaker Village or even this exhibit in particular? Well, um, I, I went to a Quaker college and that was many years ago. And when I started working at Hancock Shaker Village, my oldest friend said, that makes so much sense for you. And I would say that it just has, um, it, I, I, I think it has centered some of my values more. Um, this exhibit, I still, I, I don't know if I've completely absorbed uh, all the implications that it has for me personally. I must say that of all the things I've done in my career, it's one of the things I'm, I'm most excited about, um, but I'm still exploring it. You know, I've only hiked it four times with the headphones and each time I learned something new. So. I, I, of, of, I mean, it's all fascinating to me, but I did, I, was very uh, attuned to you talking about the song that was written by uh, the former slave who became part of of the village, um, and and its theme around homecoming. It I think is a, a a very significant song that you've selected for the pilgrimage because so many people talk about while they're on a pilgrimage, they are at home and there's a sense of homecoming. And so I think it's it's quite apropos that that song was selected for this pilgrimage, um, even more so with the, the uh, cultural dynamics that are happening in the United States right now. And I, I am looking forward to, to hearing the song. Where can, can we, uh, even people who may not be able to come to the exhibit, can we access the Shaker songs online? You can access uh, Pretty Home is the name of the song. Pretty Home. Sung by other people. Um, okay. We are the only ones who have recorded Alison Russell singing it. And I must say, one of the beautiful aspects of the exhibition is that the sound portion of the show starts with her just talking about her emotions when she first learned, as, as a Black woman today, first learning that this was written by a, a free Black woman pre-Civil War. And then it goes into her singing it. And, and you're, you're walking along the stream during that entire portion. And it just feels... It feels so alive. And then the other two are Native Daughters songs, Quashaba, Quashaba, and Bitter Get Your Learning, which are not Shaker songs. They're the only two songs in the, in the exhibit that are not Shaker songs. But they are about, they're about slavery, anti-slavery and resistance and hope. Um, and the last one, Better Get Your Learning, is, is a banjo song that almost feels like a as a friend of mine said, it almost feels like a call to action. It's it's not a marching song, but it's a song that makes you really want to take action. Well, I appreciate your time, Jennifer. Is there anything that you would like to to share that I haven't asked about about Hancock Shaker Village or about the exhibition? I just hope people will come and, and hear it and take the time. It's, it's two and a half miles. It's, um, it's a moderate hike. Uh, it takes me about 45 minutes up and a half an hour down. And it's one of the prettiest hikes in the Berkshires. And it also has a lot of meaning.
for sure. Um, I am living, I live in New Hampshire and I think I may drive over to see this because it's, it sounds almost too important to not, um, with, with being within a few hours drive. Yeah. Let me know if you come. When okay. You do. I will. You just heard Climbing the Holy Hill, hosted by Dr. Heather Warfield and produced by Jonah Bayer. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Thank you for listening to Meaningful Journeys. This program is supported in part by Antioch University, New England and the Meaningful Life Institute. We would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter and Facebook, or by email info at MeaningfulJourneys.net or our website, www.MeaningfulJourneys.net. We hope you will join us next time on our shared quest for meaning as we connect humanity one step at a time.